Three, two, one. The Lock Draft Podcast is brought to you by Fresh Apparel Printing. Do you have a band and want to sell merch at your next gig? Fresh Apparel has graphic artists on staff that can make your logo into a t-shirt within minutes. Have a business and need company apparel for your employees. Fresh Apparel can embroider hats and shirts and with detailed patterns and they bring your logo to life with pinpoint precision. Listeners to the show will receive 10% off in a custom t-shirt or embroidery or if you use the word promo code it is a word too draft that's promo code draft for all fulfill all your clothing needs at freshapparelprinting.com today and use the promo code draft oh 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 I'm getting my one use out of this song today you can only use songs once True. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Dougie Ferguson. John Puglisi, it's the Lock Draft Podcast. What's up, John? My man, my man, my man. I'm listening to Fuzz Watch and you guys can't hear it. You're so, I feel so bad for you. Uh, anyways, yeah, I got my one use out of Feds watching. I'm gonna go outro with it too. The Feds were watching. How how you guys doing? Nationwide West, what's up? Nothing, man. Just watching that Bobby Knight thing. That was pretty incredible. Did you have that on too? Oh, yeah. I think I I have like a sports stiffy right now. It made me want to cry. I know. I know. Oh, Isaiah Thomas was powerful. Yeah. Quinn Buckner yeah. powerful. That's yeah. the Indiana, the cradle of basketball, John. Sure. The three greatest minds of all time. Bobby Knight, John Wood, and Dougie Ferguson all came from the That's same what state. That's the third one was going to be. Yeah, I yeah, I'd agree with that. Well, we might slide Wooden out and put, like, Claire B or something like that. You know, Scott Drew, we might throw. But um, anyways, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Who's your top five best basketball players to ever come out of the state of Indiana? Ooh, okay. Um, Zach Randolph is one of them. I, I, in no particular order. Hold on. Yeah, I'm just curious. Um, in no particular order. Uh, Oscar Robertson, number one. Um, number two, Larry Bird. That, that's that's no like one A and one B. Yeah, I mean, but that's I mean that those are the top two like. By far, I mean they're both cold. I'd probably put Bird first, actually. Um, I think Steve Alford would have to be in there somewhere at five, probably. And uh, let me think a little bit. I'm, I know I'm slipping on somebody like Jared Jeffries or something. Uh, <laughs> um, no, um, Zach Randolph. I'm thinking Eric more Gordon. of my time. Yeah, Eric Gordon. Um. Yeah, not much as of late. I mean, Trey Lyles has been there lately. Yogi, I was just curious. Yogi Ferrell. Uh, yeah, but old timey. I mean, it's got you got Oscar and you got Larry Bird, man, shooting in the milk crates and whatnot. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So, um, I wonder how much Larry Bird made to go to ISU. Uh, I know. I wonder how much Oscar made to go to Cincinnati. I met Oscar Robertson at 
University of Cincinnati for uh, remember they used to have Reebok camp, the Reebok Five or something. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was I met him at that thing. It was dope. But uh, another guy that was there, T.J. Gasnola. <laughs> this is great, isn't it, John? I mean. Like, you kind of have to be in on the joke with this, but this is great. I know. you. So, yeah. Um, do you, you know TJ, yeah? Like, I mean, I don't know TJ, but, like, I I, I mean, if you've been around, you know TJ Gasnola, and that makes that very funny, kind of. I mean, now, I, I like the dude and stuff. Like, I don't really know him that well, but he's making for a very compelling witness for the defense, I, I believe, in sure. this case. So, yeah, T.J. Gasnola, how at the New England Players. I mean, that the New England Players Club, and now I don't know I don't know what program he's in in, in Adidas. Was he coaching a program? Florida I'm not, Vipers? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not 100% sure. I, I think, I, I think I don't it, know. I think it's the Florida Vipers or maybe even like what used to be the Florida Rams, and it became, you know what I'm saying? Because I know that team went through a, thing, a, a little thing-thing where they couldn't be the Florida Rams a couple years ago, you know. They had uh, Casey Hill and Chris Walker. Anyways, back channels going fast and furious and getting put on blast in court. What do you think, John? What's, what, what jumps out at you from this? Because you know I got like a million bullet points on this. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I think <laughs> the big thing on my end is that it, it was almost like they took um, like the prosecution took a bunch of shit, threw it against the wall, and tried to see what stuck. And <clears throat> we're in a position now where there's a lot of stuff that has been put out through the media that pertains to college programs and pertains to certain coaches. And there's a lot of weird ways that it works. You know, like um, you have guys like Curtis Townsend talking about Zion Williamson, but then you have um, Duke actually getting Zion Williamson. So, like, there's just some different pieces to it that I think are really intriguing to me. And um, I think what it lends for on the NCAA side is it's going to be something that takes quite a long time to sift through, but they're going to have to. Yeah. And so you have to do something when you're put in a position where everyone knows about it. And now you have to do something. The NCAA's never worked like that. They've never worked that way. And now they're going to have to review every single program that was even brought up. And um, all the compliance coordinators and everything are going to say, you know, like, we've gone through a thorough investigation, blah, 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 blah. That's what you're going to hear. But it's going to take the NCAA to clear each one of these programs now and each one of these coaches because their name is involved in something where a lot of money exchange hands and whether or not there's anything any laws that were broken and that's a whole different piece this is now is as soon as this verdict comes down this is going to be put on the ncaa's um docket and they're going to have to do something with it right yeah so i'm just going to drop like little nuggets in between like so you said you mentioned curtis townsend curtis townsend the fact that I wrote this down that is, is Curtis Townsend and not Jaren Howard is just funny, funny to me. I'll, I'll just let that sit for a second and then I'll move on. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, so, 
Um, Coach K. Like, okay, Coach K says this is a blip and it gets a big, big buzz or whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, um, this is the take I had out of that. When, when I first got into this game in the mid-2000s, it was kind of a common belief that, like, Duke was above any sort of payments or anything like that. And I think this kind of puts a nail into that coffin a little bit. And I think Coach K should maybe be a little bit more self-aware of that. I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's quite properly explaining it right, but, I mean, that it, it's a bad look. And, like, I... And while I don't think, like, he deserves to be treated any differently or whatever because of it, like, him, uh, like, everybody's above board on this. You didn't just start getting Julia Locafor and every, every year and Justice Winslow popping up at the doorstep. Like, you know, like, so I don't think, I, I think that that maybe everybody could know now that this is going to happen if you're a team that draws income into your program. So I don't know. I don't know how they change about, it. I, this is what I would say just about programs in general. And I I would be very cautious if I was the head coach of any program that competes at the level of Duke. So, you know, you're talking, let's just, let's just call it 20 programs across the country. There's, there's more than that, but let's just say 20 programs or 30 programs across the country. I would be very cautious about what I say right now because – Either you're doing one of two things by saying what Coach K is saying. You're doing one of two things. You're putting everything on your assistants, or you're drawing wanted um, feedback or wanted. Uh, I don't know, like someone to dive into your program and and inviting that in and saying we don't do that. Right. You know, it needs to, you know, this is not a big deal. We don't do that. Mm-hmm. It's inviting people to come look at what you do. Well, the coaches are inherently self-insulated and and I don't and I think it's kind of a surprise for how much wiretap evidence that there's supposedly be at how little there's any like, if all you have is Curtis Townsend and like Will Wade saying he's going to shut the door <laughs> like, you know, like I you know that that seems like you know I just I just answered my own question. How did Curtis Townsend get busted and Jarens didn't? Because Jarens would never do something like that. Like it's like like he would, he would never get popped by Christian Dawkins. <laughs> so like I don't, like they're inherently self insulated, and even the wiretap evidence showed that like dudes were catching on. Like hey, this is sounding kind of shady. What's going on here? So like there's a there's a good kind of like a pyramid I don't I don't want to call it a mafia style string chart as far as the coaches go but like they're they're insulated from it on purpose it's not an accident right so you know and then people just do what they do I don't really know how they fix that is kind of my thing so I don't know I, I just think it'll be really interesting obviously and I don't know I. <clears throat> I'm not in a position to believe a ton is going to shake free from this. Yeah, um, no. In college circles, I think some guys are going to get caught in the crosshairs because, yeah. <coughs> excuse me, um, I think what you're going to end up seeing is these guys basically uh, having ADs and presence 
and it's going to be one, it's going to be two, it's not going to be all of them, but a few of these guys are going to have ADs and presidents who basically just say, hey, we've had enough. Like, that's yeah. it. Um, you know, and it's 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 really interesting. Some of the programs that come and speak out, like Roy Williams says, <laughs> cheaters need to go. You yeah, know, like, Roy Williams, your your program should be on probation for a right. number of things. So, like, let's really right. not talk. But Roy about knows that. he never touches the money, man. He never yeah, touch, you like, know, like so that's a... what. But that's what he's saying is he's yeah, I know, yeah, this onto every single one of his assistants who have worked for him. Yeah, yeah. and um, I. I'm very curious if what comes out of this is just the understanding and the NCAA does very little about it and just says, you know what? Shoe companies are paying for kids, but the coaches aren't. And they're pushing them to their right. programs. And, you know, like, depending on what the verdict is here, you may have, like, a really interesting outcome that the NCAA really can't do do a whole lot with. So I'm curious. Right, yeah, I, and and you know what? Like, okay, so this is a lot of things that I, I'm I'm finding myself getting increasingly more pissed off on behalf of the players in this. Like, like I'm listening, and I'm one thing I'm tired of is people poo pooing Brian Bowen as like uh, they as a player. You know, like I, that dude is a baller. <laughs> like he's he was a uh, MVP of the high school national champs Lalu Indiana cradle of basketball um with on a team with Darren Jackson for I mean that that he plays in the NBA like probably if this doesn't happen I think I I think that he's going to get a lot of buckets in Europe or China or wherever he goes but like to, and but that's kind of like a thing where they're they're getting into these kids' lives and kind of ruining them over it and and because of what and that's happening with a lot of other kids. Silvio D'Souza is from a different country. Uh, Bruno Fernando, who also has the same handler now, who's getting looked into because of Maryland. Maryland's the biggest Under Armour school, right? So like uh, Silvio D'Souza, <coughs> Silvio. De Souza, D-A, I know how to spell it, I can't say it. He's the only active player named, and now Zion, too, I guess, has been named in court, open court. Um, I'd like to see them hold Zion back, but anyways, yeah. Um, I, and I, I don't, I, I think it's a very um, strange Maybe strange is the wrong word. I think it's a difficult situation for families and for student athletes who are going through this process. Um, I think obviously there's some things that grab hold of me just thinking if I had a student athlete, I my son was right. a top yeah. ten player in the country, you know, and and what that would look like, and yeah. you know, it, it's really and and this is what it comes down to. Whether you like the rules or you don't like the rules or whatever. What it comes down to is you either follow them or you don't. <laughs> They're choosing not to. Yeah. So whether it's right or wrong, whether mm. the NCAA rules and getting paid is right or wrong, they're choosing not to follow the rules. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, like, nope. that's the that's the kicker of it all. I don't fault anyone for the choices they make, but yeah. if you choose to follow the rules, <clears throat> then... But do, you, but do you want a tournament every year with, like, Bob McKillop and Davidson and John Beeline of Michigan and uh, 
Like who? Like maybe, I don't know, like Phil Martelli? Or, like, you know what I'm saying? Is that... Because if you're doing that, you're going to take out everybody. Like, you're taking out a big-ass chunk. You're not taking out everybody. I am i don't know who names. I know John Beeline wins Cleanest Coach of the Year every year award. But, like, I don't, I don't know. Wes, can you see what if I'm right about that? I, I'm pretty sure he wins those awards, right, John? Am I... Am I tripping or what? Is that a legit award? Who? who, uh, who no, there's that? like look, nationwide West. Look up and see who wins the poll of like the oh, like one of Goodman's polls or something. Yeah, or or Gary Parrish or something. Yeah, like sure. Yeah, probably. I'm sure, yeah. he's close. Yeah. Okay. I. I yeah. You got one? No, 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 no. Hold on. Yeah. Just interject and tell me when I'm right. Um, <laughs> anyways, yeah, um, I got more notes from this trial. Uh, Christian Dawkins, that shit's hilarious. I'm glad. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm glad uh, I never this, came across this. This is one that CBS did. Okay, yeah, that's uh, Gary Parrish or Norland yeah, or something. And, uh, Beeline overwhelmingly yeah. with... 100 coaches, 26.6%, and Mike Bray was second with 10 and a half. Yeah, that's right. There you go. Was tied for sixth with 4.8. Who was? Izzo. Oh, yeah. Anybody, is, where, is Bill Self on that list or something? <laughs> or uh, Sean, Sean Miller, maybe? Yeah, let me... Will Wade, perhaps? <laughs> nah, get back to me on that. Sean Miller... Bill Self, I could see being on that list now, John. Scott Drew. Uh, anyways, yeah. Uh, um, so, yeah. Um, I'm I'm wondering, like, so in, in, in about five minutes, we're going to move on from this, and we're going to rank Kentucky's players in order as pro prospects. Um, oh, um, the, the I, I don't know, like, the overwhelming – thing I got or emotion I felt I would say it from this trial is I was like really offended to say that the that the schools are being defrauded that seems like uh it doesn't even seem like a stretch it seems like the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life that Dennis Smith Jr. and who like uh the oh yeah TJ uh the Florida Viper yeah cause that's, <laughs> yeah so I think TJ and Jim Gatto and Christian Dawkins defrauded Dennis Smith Jr. Or helped Dennis Smith Jr. defraud NC State. That's the most hilarious thing I've ever heard. And I don't know, John. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Listen, like, there's <laughs> this whole thing is, like, it's. It's a little a bit year, much. It's just too much. I mean, <laughs> you know, like, it really is. It To me, it really sounds like they were they made this big move thinking that when they when they found all this information these wiretaps when they found this information about adidas um they thought more was going to trickle in they thought they were going to be able to do more they were going to be able to find more money they were going to be able to investigate uh, more of this and do uh, more in this process and what it turned out to be was they had very little um and they're really trying to grasp at straws to um, bring this thing home and and to to make some charges stick and I don't know I I, I just don't buy most of it I, I I think there's some fraud pieces to this case but 
um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't I don't think that it fits with what they're saying here. I just think it's too much. One more thing I wanted to just throw out is like in when the verdict comes out as far as we're when, while we're <laughs> taping this there has been no verdict yet they've been deliberating for a long ass fucking time uh so that makes me think that it's going to be acquittal or well, i don't think they know i i would be shocked if the jury knows what they're supposed to be right doing yeah the they have yeah no that's what i'm saying like so i've thought about it and i'm like man like if i wasn't me i wouldn't know shit about what's going what they're talking about so i thought like what would i do to be a juror like if i was a juror in this case like well what what case would it have to be and i thought of martha stewart like i don't know shit about cooking or like trading stocks whatever like you know and that's what the jurors in this trial are so kind of we're it's funny to us like yeah yeah players getting paid to go play a college basketball but like they they don't understand why that's funny that it's like telling a joke about you know in a different language or something i don't know you know and it's an eight woman jury which i don't uh eight person woman not that women don't like basketball or anything but that's a little bit probably in favor of people not you know not so much in tune with the game i don't know i i guess that's a little bit of a generalization but i mean in the in the average age is very high too so i don't know how many old grandmas are up watching you know LeBron play till midnight. I don't know. My grandma doesn't. She does. She watches tennis, but well, I, I think that's. <laughs> I think that's where, the fact that this, this was really important was was the, it had to be people with very little knowledge of anything that has to do with basketball or yeah. athletics or, I don't. I just imagine that was part of yeah. the whole process of finding a jury. I mean, you no, just can't yeah. have people who understand. Don't it. imagine. So, I've read at like every level that it's that's exactly what they did. They're, these yeah. people know nothing, not any of them. So, yeah. so I'm just hoping that they can kind of get the grasp of it a little bit because if you do, anytime you actually kind of get what's going on here, it is kind of funny. And but it's not so funny. It also affects a lot of lives. And you know, like I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm sympathetic to the Brian Bowens and the Billy Prestons of the world, and I also know that they've made mistakes, also. But you know, I'm I'm sympathetic to that because that's these people taking advantage of children from like, like before they're old enough to make decisions on their own, you know. So, mm-hmm. I, so I don't know that that's I don't know. I've had a lot of experience in that, but anyways, speaking of. Molders of young men, John Calipari. Uh, <laughs> he isn't shy about telling you that his players have made over a billion dollars. That'll be multi-billion dollars in no time, a couple years probably. Um, uh, so we're going to start a series ranking players on teams because I find when like, when, like uh, people are asking me, people are texting me, like oh this is this Michigan State's playing who should I be watching in this game you know so we're gonna rank them as prospects so like you could say like hey, hey you might want to watch uh like say Michigan State last year you might want to say hey you might want to watch that big dude number two Jaron Jackson Jr. He's come up twice on separate threads in this show but anyways him and him and Brian Bowen fucking lit it up in that final game. I think they beat uh, 
R.J. Barrett and Matt Burt. Anyways, Jacob Epperson, shout out at Creighton. <laughs> um, anyways, so yeah, um, we came up with a top five list, and I'm going to even add a six because we, we ran a little short. Um, number six in John and Maya's votes was Ashton Hagens, the young point guard man. Um, I am really low on <laughs> film of him. I am very encouraged as him as the most athletic of these point guards. That's why I had him first. I think uh, I think you had him last out of all of them, but he came up because I, I, I think he's the most intriguing. And, and even though I, I think they're all going to play equal minutes together still in the backcourt at Kentucky, so I think... Whoever shows off the most, I don't know. It, it's really a toss-up for me with their point guards, but like, I, I went with Higgins. I don't know what you think of him. Yeah, I still I, have a lot I, of film to watch on him, I guess. There's not a ton of film on him. The one thing that I think you've heard or I've heard over and over again about him is the type of defender he can be. Um, and he's also a really good change-up to Quade Green, who I'm not – real high on as a professional prospect, but I think he'll be um, a really good change to him, similar to like the differences between Shea Gilgis Alexander and Quade Green last year. They mm-hmm. did two very different things when they were on the court, very different types of players. Even though Quade Green was the more um, anticipated recruit, the, the yeah. you know more exciting recruit, the higher um, rank, ranked recruit, um, what I think you'll see out of Higgins is can really defend it. I don't think he scores a ton this year, but I think he's able to make plays off the bounce. He's longer than Quade, um, and I think he's a good fit there. Um, and he was, you know, a top three, four point guard in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do like uh, I do like Higgins for a number of reasons. I think defensively, he's probably going to be the place that he shines the most. Yeah, I also do like him playing with our number five guy, who is Emmanuel Quickly. He won. I think you gave him one more point than I gave Higgins, I think, and that made him a, a step up. And I can also see, I mean, John Calipari, I know Quade Green is going to be, like, de facto the guy, but also, um, like, I could see situations with Quickly and Higgins playing together, and even all three, you know, again, I mean, there a lot of teams in college play three-guard offenses, so... Um, you know, um, like, and John Calipari likes to do that with Wall and Bledsoe, with 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 Monk and Fox, like, put together just two monsters like that, and the Harrison brothers, like, you know, put them, just put them on the court at the same time, they kind of both dominate the ball, but whatever, like, they just get down and do the dribble drive, and, <laughs> you know. I'm not happy. I'm gonna. I'm, and I want to actually explain that now because Quade Green didn't make the list, right? Did he? He did not. No. Yeah, he didn't make it because I had him. Yeah, you had him low, and I had him a little lower too. Just because I, I think he's a four-year player if he goes Quade Green. Yeah. I, anyway, I, I, I do like quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, it, quickly, the there's three guys on this roster that can really separate it, separate things for Kentucky this year, shooting the basketball mm-hmm. quickly is one. Tyler hero is one and Jamal Baker might be the best out of the three mm-hmm. um, who can shoot from a shooting perspective right, um, yeah. specifically. 
Um, it's so, always a problem for them too hitting the three. And and they can really they can, those three guys can really shoot it. And um, <clears throat> the interesting thing with on quickly side of things is, you know, he he had some injuries his senior year of high school, um, but he's been a solid member of of uh, multiple Team USA um, FIBA mm-hmm. championship uh, teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. Um, this is a guy whose stroke has followed him at each level. So, like, yeah. you know, he did it on the Adidas gauntlet circuit. Um, he's done it at the high school level. Yeah. He did it in FIBA. Um, so the one thing he does is, is shoot it. And so I, I do like quickly for that reason. He doesn't have, a, you know, from a professional side, though, he's only about 6'3". I don't know yeah. what yeah. his, like, total measurements are like, but... Unless he can really put it on the floor, which I'm not sure he can, yeah. you know, he may be a guy who peaks in Kentucky system and ends up lasting a few more years mm-hmm. than he thought. You know, I mean, he could make shots out. and be like Duran Lamb, you know, like, and, and he didn't, you know, do so bad. But I, I mean, quickly, I, a trend in the recruiting rankings is bothering me is like they're not making point guards anymore, and you know. A lot of the, I don't know if it may be the talent level in the, in the, those certain recruiting classes, like the one where Yogi Ferrell was the number one point guard, and then, mm-hmm. you know, like, this is, like, quickly and quickly and uh, Javon Quinterly are, like, kind of there, and then there's Higgins is kind of just, like, popped up at the end mm-hmm. in that. And then last year, Trey Young really wasn't ranked that high as a recruit. Him and, sure. It was him and Quade Green. They were, like, the top two guys. So, yeah. so yeah. Um, number three. Were we at three or four? Yeah. No, we're at. We're, yeah, this we're, should be four. Yeah, this is four. <laughs> who's Reed Travis? Transfer from the Stanford Cardinal. Um, I, I believe we both had him right around the same three or four. Did you have him at three? I had him higher. I had oh him yeah, you had him at two. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I did. I had him a little bit lower. Just um, but. Um, I mean, they brought his ass here for a reason, right? Like, mm-hmm. so I mean, as somebody who has him as the second best prospect on the team, go, go ahead and defend your man's. Yeah, I mean, two-time first-team All-Pac-12. Um, what he has the ability to do is rebound and score. Um, he faces up well. I think he puts the ball down on the deck decent. Um. And he's also a guy who's expanded his game um, quite a bit uh, here over the last couple years. Um, I like Travis. I like his length. Um, I like his build. I think he's um, more of a face guy. I think you're going to see a guy. You know, he had to play on the block a lot. He had to. He had to. Was a go-to guy for Stanford, um, who team zeroed in on. He hasn't been on great Stanford teams. And so, so I think his numbers are impressive considering every single team that they played against was playing to stop him. Um, so I think you're going to see a guy who's got a little bit more wiggle than you think, not necessarily like guard wiggle, but able to put the ball down and big step, big dribble around guys and finish up and through contact, but also around guys. So. Yeah, um, he could I, definitely I like, finish like, through contact. Yeah, I, I'll be shocked if he's not. Um, one of the um, best players in the SEC, which they're the best league in the country this year, which makes him one of the best players in the country. Yeah, um, I've, I'll, I'll put this on like the I'm 
I'm almost sure that Calvin Johnson's going to be the best player on the team, but I think if he's not, Reed Travis will be, kind of. And I think there's a big jump from Reed Travis being the best player on the like on the team as a college player, if he has a good college year, uh, like better than Kelvin Johnson or any, but like he's the best player on Kentucky, you know. I think that that does way more for him because like I, I was looking back and I had him ranked like 49th last year, so I would have drafted him in the second round last year off of Stanford, so. I don't know why that would be any different just because he plays on a good team, but I don't know. Right. I, 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 but it also has a lot to do with who I, the guys before him that I like. No, third is PJ Washington, who we both had kind of high. I think I had him second, and you had him fourth. Sure. Right. Um, so I love PJ. I, I love what Coach Cal thinks of PJ. I think he, uh, if you, if you listen to Cal's quotes last year, he was by far the most trusted member of that young team uh last year um as far as (laughs) as basketball i don't think pj gets enough uh credit for his basketball iq i think that people see somebody that is is like pretty dominant athletically but like that might get challenged in the nba he's not he he he's probably not going to bully as many people as he does at Kentucky. That's fair enough. But, um, the way I've heard Cal say on multiple occasions, he's the only person on the team that makes the right pass on a team with Quade green and Shea Gilgis Alexander and Hamadou Diallo. He never makes the right pass. He just dunks on people. (laughs) (laughs) He did a mad dunk in that game. I was watching anyways. Um, yeah, so PJ, like, and I think you're going to see a lot more of him at his natural spot. Like, he just, <laughs> we talked about this before. He's out of position last year. He's not a three man. He's going to be a big, or he's going to be a small ball big or a four at very worst and at the NBA level. And he'll be able to do that more this year. Although, like, you know, I guess he could play that small ball five, especially with Reed Travis in there, incredible hulking on motherfuckers. You know, like, so, that, and I do like, uh, I'm, I'm always intrigued by somebody that has, like, freakish, and, like, Reed Travis is Jack, dude. Like, he's, like, he is the incredible Hulk on, on a basketball court. It was like Rico Gathers back in the day when it, when I used to see him, I was like, man, that's a big-ass dude. <laughs> Anyways, uh, number three. Or no, number talking two. about P.J. Washington at all? Oh, yeah, not? talk about P.J. Washington. Be, the floor is yours. I'm sorry. Middle of February. I, I will say this. I had him lower than you did, but as you talked, you convinced me a little bit because he really could be a small ball guy in the NBA. Um, you know, his, his, he had – about the middle of February on, he played like a pro. I mean, the middle of February on, he probably averaged 13 or 14 a game and, you know, seven or eight rebounds, six, seven, eight mm-hmm. rebounds a game. Um, and that's playing the meat of the SEC schedule. That's playing the conference tournament. That's playing in the NCAA tournament. You know, so, I mean, in their loss to Kansas State mm-hmm. in the NCAA tournament in the Sweet 16, he had 18 and 15. I, yeah. I didn't I didn't put that all together in my head that he was as oh. um, solid um, and 
the rebounding numbers strike me because what I remember most is his ability to go get the ball out of his area, similar to guys like Draymond Green, smaller bigs who really can go get the ball um, and release from their box and then go get it and track it down, and that's where I think he could really fit. So thanks for letting me talk about P.J. Oh, you're welcome. Um, I will say that. Um, oh, you should if you if you're talking about him ripping around rebounds. He, I don't know why he didn't go pro after how he looked at the at the combine. He was ripping rebounds away from motherfuckers like that's my rebound, bitch. Like, like he really on fire with your squares tonight. This is high it, level. Can you, yeah, hey, it's, uh, it's, Nationwide West, can you track the number of swears that he has from the rest of uh, the day just so we can get a good tally on this because. That was three in five seconds. It's my it all show. Started, it all started with Rico Gathers for some reason. Yeah. It's my show, damn it. Tally that up, one. Anyways, is damn, does damn it count? If it does, that's two. because uh, it I, counts. I, I mean, whatever. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lend to Wes making decisions on this one. All right. Well, anyways. Yeah. Um, Number two. Number two, EJ Washington, or EJ, <laughs> EJ Washington. I had this problem. I was getting dyslexic. Dicks, oh, man, it's bad. I'm gonna cut that drop. Where's it at? Thirty-seven minutes exactly. Uh, anyways, <laughs> EJ Montgomery uh, easily has the highest ceiling to me of anybody on this on this Kentucky roster. I'll let you take it. So I don't forget to let you talk about him. I'll let you go on him first. Yeah, I think he's probably has the highest ceiling of maybe anyone. Um, you know, I mean, from a body, from a length, um, played obviously at a high level. Um, and what he has is he actually has a skill set that I think could translate into being a guy who ends up being a little bit perimeter oriented here in two, three years um, because I don't think he's a, just a straight-up five. And so with his size, his length, his athletic ability, um, he's serviceable at, at a number of different positions, which is really important know, in today's yeah. NBA. And so um, I do I, – I like him a lot. I appreciate, again, you letting me um, talk a little bit about him here um, <laughs> because he does have some intangibles that are really special, and I think he could be – one of the real blossoming guys in the SEC. Um, I'm excited to watch. I'm interested in how athletic he is, like really legit how athletic is he. Um, because in the SEC play, that's the things that stands out. Like he's not Rob Williams who at AM, but like I'm curious how athletic he actually is because Rob was this unskilled athlete. Um, yeah. You know, but like this dude could be a little different and he still could have some of the athleticism. So. I, I, I like him as a shooter already. What I'm interested to see is if he has, like, a little bit of the Ben Simmons because I've seen highlight I, I've seen highlight montages where he's, like, throwing behind-the-back passes and shit. Let's chalk it up. I said shit. Oh, that's two. Anyways, uh, he, uh, you know, he's bringing the ball, uh, rebounding coast-to-coast, coast, you know, going behind the back. So, yeah, skill-wise, I think he has all kinds of, skill potential and there um, I got my eye on these guys that are like you said multi-positional with their skill set and I the way I believe it to be is that, like I couldn't 
I can easily see in 10 years where like everybody on a team is 6'10". Or, like, maybe you have a 6'6 point guard or something, <laughs> and, like, everybody else is 6'10 with giant wingspans. So, but they still have to fill all the needs of, a, of roles on a basketball court, you know? So, yeah. so I don't know. Uh, it's like when I had, like, a Sega Genesis NBA Live 98, and yeah. you made your own team, and every single player on your team, you made yeah. a seven-foot team, a mm-hmm. six-foot team, and every player... And you had like some seven foot center bringing the ball <laughs> up and passing to Cliff Robinson in the corner for three, whose headband changed colors every yeah. with every different team he was on. He was legit in that game, by the way. But I think it was NBA Live '95. Um, but just to throw that out there, how would me say Genesis? You would laugh your ass off if you seen my 2K right te- team right now. I got Boban, Roy Hibbert, and my starting center is Embiid. But I got Roy Hibbert. And then I got honest mock movie. Good old low hit hook. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, number one, Keldon Johnson, unanimous pick. Um, I am putting out my board uh, very soon, and where it stands right now, I have made the ballsiest move of all and put Keldon Johnson up to number four. Um, I, you know, it, uh, you know, I did this kind of. Uh, Throwing a dart at the best Kentucky player last year, I thought, with Hamadou, even though he's dunking on people like a ma-effer. That don't count. <laughs> um, but anyways, like Keldon Johnson, I think, in a draft that is not so talented as last year, obviously. Like, Luka Doncic is doing wizard tricks and... DeAndre Ayton is like doing Bill Walton post moves like he was listening to him the whole time when he was calling his games <laughs> uh, anyway and passing like Bill Walton too god dang gosh dang anyway uh, yeah I, I think Keldon Johnson is just a solid player and, and he fills that bridge like everybody's going to be 6'10 in like 10 years but you know, he's everybody's got to be like six eight now, like six seven, six eight. Handle the ball a little bit, even like be your primary ball handler sometimes if you really need one. Uh, guard a lot of positions, guard every perimeter position easily, even hold his own against bigger dudes if he has to. Really tough kid, um, you know, and that that's it. And, I, and Boo Williams, shout out Boo Williams, you know. Uh, Calvin Johnson, I can't not let you talk about him. I appreciate that. Um, I, I'm intrigued by Calvin Johnson. For me, the type of pro he is de- is determined based on how well he shoots it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's Fair enough. could yeah. be similar to Bradley Beal. Mm-hmm. Um, that's yeah. I, I think he has some similarities in his game, but Bradley Beal had, has a stroke that goes um, – to depths of the unknown for most normal human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so to me, that's where he's similar. So like, I'm really intrigued by how well he shoots it. Um, I'm also interested at what kind of wiggle he has in pick and roll game mm-hmm. and how well he plays with the ball in his hands when he's going through those different reads that are necessary when you play the game at a high level. Um, Cause he can't just score for himself. And I think if there's something that I need to see, it's 
him shoot it and how does he make plays for other guys um knowing that he could be surrounded by two three guys who can really shoot the three with him <laughs> yeah um, so i'm excited about that i know what he's gonna read screens from reed travis it's um, gotta be nice to get through a reed travis screen that's for yeah, sure i know yeah right so all right we did a whole show and we wrapped it up in even good time i don't even have to edit this darn thing you ain't gonna catch me slipping with my potty mouth again I'm gonna go but watch I, Family I, Guy. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go watch Family Guy with my son, though. though if you go back version. and you listen to the entire show, though. I will. Um, you're at probably ten plus. Yeah. Um, swear words, just so you know. Thanks for keeping me out of heck, guys. Anyways, it's always fun. Beats dropping. Segway. Feds watching. No, Feds watching. This is our normal outro. Feds oh. watching came off. E la la, e la la, e la la, e. You said you were going to do your one play. My one play? I did, but I couldn't get it back. Oh. Whatever. Nat Wide West. At Nat Wide Wide West. Um, there's going to be some trick-or-treating shit like a mug. Chalk that up as cuss word number 15. Look out for me dressed up as uh, the Great Bambino. And Cameron dressed up as Spider-Man. Fun. Happy Halloween. Oh, we're going to do another show before Halloween, probably. Eee. At John Pa! Gigusi, give me a follow. Yeah. Website drops Friday. Lockdraft. Damn it. 